0: Friend, It's Forrest, your favorite librarian. Thanks for joining me. Let's get started. (laughs) And welcome back to episode five, the art of recharging. You know, even if you're not an avid reader, we all experience burnout. However, we define that, whether a lack of motivation or encouragement, we navigate and also define it differently. And reading provides you a space and tools to recharge. And before we get into the importance and just how reading can provide you a space and tools to recharge, let me give you some essential tools, excuse me, essential titles that will assist you. One, Pussy Prayers, Sacred and Sensual Rituals for Wild Women of Color by Black Girl Bliss. Two, Death of a Salesman by Arthur Miller, one of my favorite authors and one of my favorite titles. Three. The Tradition, by Jericho Brown, to whom's also a recipient and a winner of the Pulitzer Prize. We'll get into that later. The fourth, A Book for the Shelf, Rantings and Writings of a Black, Queer, Polyamorous Woman, by Arielle Danielle Clark. And the last, South to America, A Journey Below the Mason-Dixon to Understand the Soul of a Nation, by Imani Perry who's also the author of Looking for Lorraine and Breathe. Now, if you want more information on these titles, definitely check out information on this podcast or check out favoritelibrarian.com. And before we get into how reading can provide you tools and tips and also a space for recharging, let me also remind you friends, check out Apple Music. Not only do I have a playlist paired with each episode, but also with specific books or monthly celebrations, observations, or just general moods. It's a whole vibe over there. (laughs) Now, let's get started. Now, of course, I always like to give you a quick summary before we deep dive and define each main aspect. But let me give you the main aspects or elements of how reading can provide you a space to recharge. One, getting back to the basics two, poetry and the importance of such, and three, intersectionality and the range of expression of identity. So first, back to basics. Regardless of the communities or the cultures that you frequent or were saturated in during your adolescence, you possibly have heard chasing waterfalls you're used to that's because it's important to chase the waterfalls that you're used to before you dive into waters that you're not familiar with because if you don't know how to swim in general or stay afloat how are you going to do that in waters you've never seen or knew existed upon your travels or discovery and that's what reading provides you that space and time and that openness to explore and to discover things around you and about yourself so when getting back to basics, there are certain genres or favorite titles that you can reconnect with in a sense to reconnect to yourself. As favorites are your own favorites, also illustrate things that are not necessarily an exact attachment or what you have an attachment to, but also resemble an experience and experience, excuse me, or a personal connection or relation that you've had or something that you hold sacred or intimate. Regardless of its intimate detail or that detail and how it is important to you and how you define it, getting back to the basics is also very simple. Let me give you an example and also, excuse me, a way that you can. One, utilize audiobooks. When I would like to feel at home, when I'm feeling lonely or isolated from my family members or from friends that I generally have a consistent, frequent, or channel of communication, I like to listen to audiobooks because it provides me that same or similar sense of a conversation or an embrace without having to go or going to the certain spaces that I would generally, that I feel most comfortable, but don't have access to. So when I listen to audiobooks of my favorite titles, like, for example, Death of a Salesman by Arthur Miller, it's that relationship between Happy, uh, one of the sons of the main character, and the rest of his family members. And through the flashbacks, being able to have a glimpse and explore the history of each individual character and their traumas, but also the family dynamics is so refreshing. But it provides me almost... And what Du Bois would consider the double consciousness, but in a way that I get to examine other others lives and in the same mythology that I do my own through the double consciousness and through certain lens that allow me to observe, not in a performance way, but to see myself and how others may view me. If I were in the room, observing myself in the room, experiencing myself and so listening to your favorite titles regardless of its genre for mine my, for myself I love listening to poetry or um, particularly memoirs <laughs> on audiobooks especially if it is narrated by the author uh, for example you can't marry Jesus or it's about damn time by Arlena Hamilton these titles are so brilliant and I love hearing you know each line and word, brought to life and to color by the author's tone and their own experiences. It's truly a relationship and it allows me to have a space to just get back to what feels safe and at home. And for many of us, our senses, different senses allow us to experience different memories more intimately, more deeply or on a superficial level, regardless of what we are comfortable with exploring or digesting. For example, when I'm listening to an audiobook, I always like to light a candle. That way, certain scents or smells that remind me of childhood, I'm able to engage again in the present while listening to an audiobook that reminds me of such great memories or times or something that I want to revisit. And in this, I'll be able to recharge. In this act, to getting back to my basics, listening to my favorite audiobooks, listening to my favorite titles, listening or exploring my favorite genres with an audiobook or via an audiobook I'm able to utilize the same time that I would to dedicate for my reading or that I devote to my reading weekly or daily and just have that time for myself and I may not be conducting the same amount of emotional labor or um, summoning the same kind of reading comprehension skills, but I am utilizing the same comprehension skills, critical thinking skills that I would if I were reading to myself. So that inner dialogue is still present, but with another voice. And so that's one thing that I like to encourage others to be aware of when they're listening to an audiobook. You know, when you revisit memories again, it's those different senses that allow us to really resonate with certain memories, or traumas, or experiences. And when you're listening to something and you you're engaging in sense for myself as I mentioned with the candle that scent and also that sound you know sometimes I want you to also be aware of not becoming or to measure when it is too much for you when you are becoming um shall I say um for many of us we define it as overwhelm or overwhelmness but when we are oversaturated when our senses are too um saturated in whatever we're engaging it's 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 important to take a step away you know as I mentioned in episode four and also in episode three it's important to also if we are to illustrate or to imagine ourselves as sponges when we absorb information it's important to also saturate and utilize information to apply that information so that we can measure our level of understanding are also our mastery and our level of comprehension and just also how we communicate to others what we have internalized, what we have also explored, what we are able to intellectualize amongst a list of other things, amongst a list of other qualities and traits and skills that you can refine on your own. And, you know, something that I also mentioned with episode four that the traditional pursuit of education is is a standard view of education but when we view you know our own discovery and our own pursuit of education in non-educational and a neutral learning environments this pursuit of education is just as valuable and is just as great as traditional education or traditional education traditional tradition areas of education whether it be higher education or whether it be in a public schoolhouse woo your favorite librarian is getting very tongue-tied today. <laughs> Let me slow down so that way you're able to understand me. Because we've got all the time in the world. Usually my podcast lasts for about 45 minutes, but I want this, week, this week's podcast to last for as long as we need the time, as long as we need this space to just get everything out in the open. And that's what Arthur Miller's, death of a salesman does for me you know when I read this title not only do I see the triumphs the, tru- the struggles but also the insecurities and the instability of a family you know the main character Willie Loman is an aging and a failing sal- salesman who makes his living riding on the smile and on the sunshine of the tragic hero and the idea that throughout his chance of life and throughout the luck and the draw and the lottery of life that one day when his number is pulled he'll win but unfortunately that gamble does not provide a nature a sense or a space of stability which his children have experienced and yet each son almost in a similar Jacob and Esau relationship but each son feels differently based upon that survival mode because they weren't raised in an environment that was consistently and in a circulation of undivided and unconditional love, but that they were constantly in an environment of surviving, getting through and getting to each day and coming out whole but instead, they arrive to each day, the new day, in pieces. And so Willie Loman and his children, Happy, and his wife and his youngest son, they live in what we consider the American life. But through the four walls of this play in their American living room and throughout their flashbacks, we're able to see how the mind is is one of the greatest crafted and constructed forms of a prison because you don't need to live behind bars to be in prison. Sometimes the mind can keep us trapped based upon what we are attached to or what we are, what we have yet to acknowledge or work through in a sense of the emotional labor that, that is needed or summoned to explore the emotions that not weigh us down, but that hinder us from evolving to our highest self. You know, it's important that when you work through emotion, you don't get over it, you work through it. And that's what getting back to the basics does. So let's move on to one of the largest portions of tonight's conversation and possibly one of my favorites, poetry. Now, whoo! Let me take a little sip of this, baby, because we about to get into something serious. And I want y'all to put some, put some respect on my name. See, first of all, hold on, let me, (laughs) when we talk about put respect on your name, let me just, let me just do a little side note and break the fourth wall here. I am a licensed librarian. I don't consider myself primarily a bookstagrammer. But I consider myself second to being a librarian, a book blogger. I want to provide the same library experience that you would at a public or academic library in the virtual world. And I do that through my platform and social media. But I'm also a published poet. And most of my poetry, excuse me, all of my poetry has been featured, if not published and circulated in queer or people of color literary magazines journals. And when I provide suggestions in the content that I do, sometimes it does affect me. And sometimes it does dishearten me to see how and many people will notice because I get it in my comments and I get it in my DMs, which is why I'm hesitant to respond or why I don't respond as easily in my DMs is that many people mention, they'll say, hey, why don't you collaborate with X, Y, and Z? Or, why don't I see you doing this with X, Y, and Z? Or, hey, they've got this going on. And I say, oh, thanks for sharing that information. I appreciate you reaching out. But in the back of my mind, I really wanna say, I'm not included in those circles, friend. I I don't know why I'm not including those circles. I don't prioritize that lack of inclusion, but I acknowledge it and I see it and I define it for what it is and I try to work through it as best as I can. And that's why I try to just continue doing my own thing where I am. And poetry for me, whether I read or create it is my safe space to recharge. And so when I say before we get into the importance of poetry, and how it can assist you with recharging as you read. For myself, I want people to value what I say when I mention my insight on poetry and its importance. Because as a published poet, as a licensed librarian, as someone that has, someone that's not new to this, I'm, I'm true to this, I've been published since 2016, mm, it's 2021. I've been a librarian since 2017. Um, I've worked in television. I work currently in television again. So, I hope that you take not what I say with a grain of salt, but friend, I would never stir you wrong. And when I say friend, it's because I really consider those out there under the sound of my voice or under any post or under any feed that is able to view my content, you're my friend. And I may not be there when, I, when you want me, but I'm never late. And I'm, I try to do my best to support and serve those around me. Because whew, the black experience and queer history is a collective narrative. And many intersections and in communities complete this intricately woven community. And I believe it's important to provide a balance arrange a full spectrum of great insight literature and references and resources so stay tuned because um <laughs> you're in for a great treat um with season one of my podcast because collaborations with some great folks will be happening soon but let's get back and stay on topic poetry and the importance of poetry you know as a poet pub- as a as a published poet However you read poetry, whether in a chat book, whether individual poetry on a graphic or on Instagram, whether it be Tumblr, hell, whether you like to look at visual illustrations of poetry or it being read aloud on YouTube, do you boo, but I want to provide you some tips. So one, a great work of poetry, also by a great poet, uh, Jericho Brown, who is a who is a Decatur native, <laughs> or and, excuse me, who lives in Decatur? Um, the tradition by Jericho Brown is a daring, beautiful collection of poetry. I mean, it truly articulates the evils that pollute the everyday life. You know, it also questions how we've become so accustomed to terror, whether in the intimate, the intimate relationships in the bedroom or whether it be in the urgency born in real danger as we see through certain racial and social and equalities and unrest you know there's some great titles there's some excuse me there's some great pieces in the tradition that I love on page 60 I know what I love is just so vulnerable it's like taking a band-aid off and wanting to see if it's truly healed or not but another title that I love is riddle because of its shortness and the craftsmanship and also his use of certain punctuation and his grammar and the grammatical formation of each line you know Jericho Brown is known for his craftsmanship and and his line work which is why the tradition is such a great representation of not only him as a great poet, but also the progression of American literature and also how African American authors and contributors also can increase or can refine, let me say, let me use that word instead of increase. How African American contributors of American literature can refine the measurement of genius. And so another poem, um, Four Day in the Morning, I think it's on page 1314 in the Tradition by Jericho Brown, is also so beautiful. The way he weaves certain slang and regional dialect and also the experience of just being intimate but being raw. And having that experience illustrate the vulnerability that you express and have with someone you love, but also the vulnerability you're willing to express when you are alone is so beautiful. And with poetry and with pieces like the tradition, you're able to savor every word. Poetry, I believe, is meant to be savored. You don't Russian read through poetry like you would a novel or a short story. It's meant to be savored and reread and reenacted almost. You know, poetry is life in in words, but yet it is movement in the stillness of pages that you flip and also browse. And so when you read poetry, I want you to understand how you are able to Define your reading and recharge in the words, and in the comforts of others, and how they express their emotions. You know, as I mentioned before, poetry, whether I read or create it, is my safe space. And however you utilize poetry, whether you read or create it, it's a way that you can, oh, excuse me, savor every word utilize every word to express how you truly felt or feel or also hide behind certain words not in the form of escapism and an act or in a variation of escapism but in a way to locate certain things you're not willing to express in the conscious world within your conscious mind throughout all the things you're consciously battling or navigating and with poetry, there's another title that I love. Um, a Book for the Shelf, which is by a black, queer, polyamorous woman, um, Arielle Daniel-Clark. Beautiful, beautiful title. Freaking love this book. There's one that I love. There's one piece in this. It's a sh- small, small, short um, story. It's called Observing the White Cis Man. And let me just read a little portion of it for you, just to give you a little hint. It says, as I've gotten older, I've begun to observe people more and more. I'm constantly hyper aware of my surroundings. I'm consistently watching and listening to my environment, observing human behaviors and looking over my shoulder. I'm not sure if this is a result of the lessons I've learned in life, that I should always be aware of my surroundings because I'm a woman and, or because I'm black, or as a result of having generalized anxiety disorder, or GAD. But either way, I'm always observing. And I've discovered that white, cis, able-bodied men move through this world in a unique, entitled, privileged way. Below are just a few of my observations. And then she goes into this beautiful narrative of how she's sitting in a coffee shop, She's in a way just trying to experience life outside of the comforts of her four walls. Because the comforts of our four walls, whether it be an apartment, a room in your parents' home, or the room of one's own in your one in your mind, it's important to absorb those around you and to be self aware in that moment. And her piece about how she experiences those with how they move in life is similar to how they think about themselves and value others is just refreshing. I felt very seen and heard in that piece and throughout her title. It, again, that title um, by Arielle Danielle Clark is a book for the shelf, rantings and writings of a black queer polyamorous woman. And, you know, I'm someone that practices um, monogamous relationships, but as a queer individual, I am starting to define what is so attractive to me in monogamy and why polyamorous love is not best for me and why it does not serve me. And in my exploration, I have read a wealth of romance and beautiful love stories. And I'm starting to define that others pursuit or what we perceive as the love story of others is not necessarily what I want. I want a crass. I want a chimerical. I want an I want a relative love story, but something beyond my imagination. So my expectations are boundaries, almost they're walls, almost because I don't want to compare my forever love or my forever anything to my expectations because my imagination will will expand as I explore so what I see today is only a compilation of my experiences and my education and also the things that I have been exposed to so I hope I do hope that my love and forever romance and forever and whatever is forever for me It just just super exceeds my expectation. And I hope you also experience something like that. I hope that whatever is for you super exceeds your expectations. You know, expectations are nice. And the universe laughs when we have many expectations of ourselves, of what we want, when we map out exactly what and how to pursue certain things and people or how to execute certain objectives to illustrate our intentions or the goodness in our heart. And then we fall and we stumble and we're like, damn, what the hell? Well, when I read a book for the show, I was able to see how certain experiences that Clark had navigated, I had not identical but similar. But I chose different emotions regardless of what was presented to me similar to her i chose different emotions and had a, a a radically different outcome and so seeing how she navigated navigated and chose specific emotions or allowed specific or harsh or heavy emotions like loneliness or seasonal depression or anxiety as i navigate life with anxiety certain elements of anxiety to hinder certain progression through day-to-day tasks or just your day-to-day life it was refreshing not to say oh my goodness she has something that I do but wow this is how someone can overcome this too and so that in itself re- recharged me it it empowered me and I, I want you to feel empowered too so woo. <laughs> when I read The Tradition by Jericho Brown and oh, excuse me. A room for the shelf by Ariel Danielle Clark, I was able to feel seen and heard through Oh, excuse me, you guys, I apologize. <laughs> it's been a long week and it is starting to show off through my yawning. But when I read The Tradition by Jericho Brown and a book for the shelf by Clark, I felt seen and heard by my previous because of my previous experiences in life. Mostly and primarily um what I experienced in my childhood, and I was able to recharge recharge excuse me through these pieces of literature through Jericho Brown's line work and craftsmanship, and through Arielle Clark's just experiences and how she navigated na- navigated them, I was able to truly recharge because I was able to be seen and heard in a way that I didn't have to explain or be accountable until I was ready. And in that space, I allowed myself by reading. I was also to provide myself a space to refine how I discipline myself and the emotions that I choose when I know what is right to serve or support me and when I know what feels right. You know, when we define what feels right, we also need to explore what is right. And defining that is is the distinction of character and you can do that with reading and you know again when i read death of a salesman i was able to see the distinction and the and how each person defined their character and their personality through willie and through happy and through his wife i was able to see not only their dynamics their distinctions but their differences and their similarities now before we get on to intersectionality I want to quickly mention, <clears throat> friend, I love you to death, but I want you to share, share, share all the content, posts, and great pieces of literature that I provide you. You know, you don't know how many times I get people asking me or acquiring excuse me about whether or not they can share or circulate my post and i'm like friend you do not need my permission although i appreciate and respect the act of you obtaining consent because consent is sexy consent is required consent is the minimum let me put that out there before we get anywhere started (laughs) consent is the minimum and it is primarily verbal unless you have an understanding but even then a conversation is needed first <laughs> um but you can you can repost you can share you can like you can you can send, you can create podcast listing, you create book listings from the things that I circulate. I do not mind. That is the purpose of what I do. Like I said, I want you to have a similar library library experience as you would in a public or academic library on a virtual platform, whether it be with social media or with my platforms. So check out com or Instagram com or soon to be YouTube. But I will say that for the end of this podcast episode. Now, the last portion of the art of recharging and how reading can assist you is intersectionality. Friend, intersectionality is so important. When you are locating an author or subject that represents the intersection you also represent or are part of, you're able to find or locate a community a circulation of insight that best supports and illustrates or mirrors your identity. So, a title I want to provide you as an example of this is Pussy Prayers, Sacred and Sensual Rituals for Women of Color by Black Girl Bliss. You know, this title, oh my goodness, this title really helped me when I was going through some truly overwhelming hardships right before covid You know, between, believe it or not, uh, July to November 2019, I was going through a lot of things professionally, and this book really ironed out some of the insecurities I was having that I didn't articulate in my professional life that I solely thought were real or existed in my personal life, mostly with my romantic relationships or with my platonic friends our friends, our friendships that no longer existed. And so Pussy Prayers really assisted me. For example, um, on page uh, 93, uh, Pleasure Principles. I love Pleasure Principles. And let me quickly flip to this page really quick. So Pleasure Principles really carved out something for me because in the beginning of this portion, it talks about what does your inner child need? And you're able to rewrite your story as you imagine you and your younger self again. And you're able to reimagine and also heal that old repressed emotional wound or wounds that you did not know you were carrying. And that space you've allowed for these wounds without knowing. And it's your intention on healing that space and those actions and that act to protect yourself it truly allows you to no longer numb yourself from what is holding you back whether or not that be truth that you're willing to accept or truth you're willing to share or truth you're willing to verbalize truth you're willing to to digest and so the pleasure principles for this portion really assisted me with understanding what I am attached to or what I have not allowed myself to experience because I felt I was not worthy of these things. So let me just read some of these things out to you. This is pleasure principles on page 93 in pussy prayers by black girl bliss. One, you deserve a happy pussy. It is your right and your responsibility Two, your body is a temple reflect on how you've been caring for it. Three, there are processes through which you can begin to physically and energetically work through clear and cleanse negativity and obstacles blocking your pleasure. Four, there are no shortcuts around your healing your hurts. Oh, let me say that again. There are no shortcuts around healing your hurts. That is so true. And last but not least, seeking professional help is encouraged for processing traumatic events i, I love this I, I simply love this and that's a part of chapter four pussy prayers is so wonderful oh also um i think it's around page one twenty one twenty two. send yourself nudes read that and tell me what you think it's brilliant <laughs> so when you find authors or subjects that represent the intersection that you are a part of or communities that you also reflect, you're able to find community and also a circulation of insight and you're able to best find support that serves you. And so when I read pussy player, pussy prayers, I was able to find a community. I was able to also um, discover their Instagram. I follow them. They follow me. I was able to find other women through their comments that were going through similar issues or traumas or struggles or trying to find certain ways to heal certain things. And that was so refreshing for me because I didn't feel like I was healing alone. I didn't feel like I was hurt alone. And I felt like I was being seen, but also embraced. And I, that embrace is, it, that, it's a hug that is forever fruitful. Fruitful. Oh, Lord, y'all about to have me in here crying, Lord. Oh, let me take a little sip of this. If you wonder wondering what I'm sipping on, because it's none of your business, but I tell you anyway, because you in my business tonight. <laughs> child. I'm sipping on a little bit of this uh, champagne cola with a little bit of this uh, uncle nearest for the grown folks and those that are over 21 that drink responsibly again for this little this little quick recipe your favorite librarian for those drinking responsibly and over 21 drinking uncle nearest a shot of uncle nearest and some champagne cola now if you do not like champagne cola get you a little bit of that uh cream soda I get you a good old ginger ale with a little a little hint of extra you know vanilla or whatever you feeling for the night for- this is what I'm sipping on and that's my business in the great words of Tim and Tim the Brown. <laughs> mm. Now, another title and the last title of tonight and the last title and the last uh, portion of tonight's podcast is South to America. Now, the reason why this title is mentioned tonight is because it will be released next month, January 2022, but also... This book explores the history and also is a collective narrative of regional contributions of blackness. So in this title, it divides regional narratives, and if I'm not mistaken, let me flip to its table of contents. It divides its regional history and um, contributions into three portions. Um, Origin stories, the second is the solidified South, and the third is water people and my favorite of this of this title has to be water people i particularly love the magnolia graves and easter lilies new orleans i love the immobile women from mobile and i love oh and i cry every time i read this home of the flying Africans, the low country Now, if you know anything about me, you know I love my low country heritage. It is a part of my history. It's a part of my ancestry. I am a low country native. I am Geechee by heritage. I love my family and all that we represent of the low country south. Although many people perceive it as being a part or a variation of ignorance because of our mannerisms and our specific culture, but through our geological isolation, we've been able to preserve our culture in such a beautiful way. And flying Africans is a term and phrase that's used and paired with Gullah Geechee history as we we have been able to preserve our African customs and specific African specific African cultures from specific regions and um <laughs> countries. And so in this title, and I'm not going to give too much away because it has yet to be released, but in Water People, in this small story, Home of the Flying Africans, the Low Country, I felt like, wow, not only did she articulate every important element of the Low Country community, but she did not utilize stereotypical images or metaphors to illustrate us that would circulate caricature types or archetypes of our people and with that I felt so respected I felt like the integrity of my community was considered I felt like you were able to truly devour discover explore enjoy and celebrate my community and not even step foot in in our community which is so mind-blowing That's the beauty of reading. So when I read that, I was like, oh, my gosh. I can't wait That everyone else gets their hands on this book. So I wanted to go ahead and include this book in a quick shout-out before I provide my full book review. Um, So this book, again, is South to America, A Journey Below the Mason-Dixon to Understand the South of a Nation by Imani Perry. She's also the author of Looking for Lorraine and Breath. Um, just breathe. <clears throat> wow, can't believe tonight's episode has been s- so mm, serendipitous. Not going to lie, I've needed this space tonight to talk with you all and just to share with you what's on my mind. I hope that you all are able to recharge, whether you get back to your basics and chase the waterfalls you're used to or utilize poetry in any regard, whether in the visual, chapbook, digitally or physically going into a public or academic library and discovering new books and works of poetry there is something for you and that's also brings me to my last portion in the and the last element of tonight's podcast the importance of intersectionality you know when you locate authors or genres that illustrate the same intersectionality that you represent you're able to find community and i did when i read pussy prayers or a book for the shelf by ariel danielle clark or, you know, when I went back to the basics and I listened to my favorite title, one of my favorite titles by Arthur Miller, Death of a Salesman on audiobook, I was able to recharge from the tradition by Jericho Brown, his craftsmanship, just that, just that kind of genius that's ironed out and preserved on paper. It's all, it's all beautiful. And so I hope that you're able to recharge and take back some wonderful things from tonight. And until the next episode, friend, you're not alone and I will see you next time. As always, this has been wonderful and fun. Remember, friend, you are not alone. There is something for you. Continue to read. And if you need more Black or queer literature, check out my website, favoritelibrarian.com, or my Instagram, favoritelibrarian. Until next time, continue reading and prioritize your self-love.